Ladies and gentlemen, and those of you who fall in the beautiful in-between, welcome back to the Hardcore Sobriety Podcast with me, Logan Hardcore, also known as Logan Slaughter, government name. And today I am joined by someone who I go back to when I started drag in New York City with, who... Listen, gave me my little golden shoe slam award at Boots and Sandals <laughs> before she took off. Welcome, Bob the Drag Queen. Oh, sis. Honey, sipping on that sobriety, honey. Girl, girl sitting here was d- drinking detox tea. New year, new me. Well, I can't believe, I mean, I can't, I, I can believe that you're sober because, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of wild ones out there and, um. And I gotta say, you know, two of the wildest ones were you and, and Marty Gold Cummings. Y'all were, <laughs> y'all were wild because I, I do not. I don't drink. I don't drug. I don't drink. I don't drug. To, to quote Cardi B. Um, but um, I, you know, I, I had seen a lot of um, wild ones, and it's actually. I think people actually be shocked at how many people in nightlife actually don't partake in the, you know. The cocaine, the, yeah, the cocaine and the the devil's lettuce and the and the and the goofy juice. I I feel like it is such a um a sober thing to do to be like I'm sober and now I will start a podcast, bitch, <laughs> about sobriety. Bitch. It is going to be my like I'm going to meetings. I am I'm going to go to Icky Paw when it happens. I'm going to go to the to Akron, Ohio for Founders Day, Mama. I'm in the gay and sober organization. I'm the co-chair of fundraising. Like, don't fuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) So when I moved to New York City, I was actually counting days. When did you move there? I moved to New York City in 2018. And I want to say August of 2000, August 24th, I landed at LaGuardia Airport at 6.34 in the morning. 2018, girl? 2008. What? I'm sorry, eight. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I moved to. I landed at LaGuardia Airport on August 24th. I landed at 6:34 in the morning um, at LaGuardia um, in 2008. I lived in New York City for 12 years, and I moved there. And I think I had maybe like 47 days when I oh when I landed, God. Um, which was a real uh, whirlwind. Anyone here who is listening, if you're sober or thinking about getting sober, you know, counting days is a really it's a really precious time in your sobriety. And it, and it is very tempting. It is very scary. It is very. Um, you still think you know everything. You're in fact, you know, you know, you have all the answers, Mama. Do, you're not telling those. You're not telling someone with 52 days anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think that everyone is? They're like, listen, honey. I've been around. I know how this little AA thing works, honey. I know how this little sober thing works, Miss Thing. Trust me. I've been. I've been around the block a couple of times. Um, and you know, and you feel that way because of your experience with being out in the world and maybe you've seen other people get sober or you've seen someone else, you know, trash AA and then that, that person's trashing of AA becomes a big part of your experience. You're like, well, they said it, so it must be true. It must be shit. Um, and you just start to have a general distrust. Um, but luckily for me, you know, I really, um, I immerse myself deep in the world of, um, sobriety and drag, and I actually had some drag friends. You probably remember. I don't, I don't want to ruin anyone's uh, anonymity, anonymity, but you do. Re- you probably remember my my dear friend that I used to travel with everywhere. The skinny blonde white girl that we were always hip to hip. FF. We, yes, though that's the one. <laughs> Miss Fisting. <laughs> yeah, me and FF, we were like best buddies, and we we actually met in the rooms, 
And we both really wanted to be nightlife celebrities. It really meant a lot to us to be like nightlife stars. So we, we, t- we, we, we would do like, I never told you, I actually won Miss Sobriety. Years ago. Girl, why w- is this not the top of your resume? I, I I won the Miss Sobriety pageant in like oh my god at the Big Apple Roundup. Yeah, girl, girl, like which 2000, no longer exists. Yeah, I, I've heard. I mean, COVID took a lot from us. Um, but in 2010, I I won Miss Sobriety. I think it was my second year competing, and being able to and there's actually a really fierce sober drag community. At least there That's was. That's what the I'm time. finding. And like, I got sober on Zoom. So like mm-hmm. oh that's right. So like all I know I don't know the rooms. I know AA of getting on a computer at 10 p.m. and being a face in a box. And when I started going to the rooms, there wasn't a fucking cookie table. So like I was riddled of the AA experience. <laughs> oh, the, I'm yeah. I'm just not thinking about that. Someone who has gotten sober but didn't actually get a chance to do it in the. A a way like in the 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 more traditional sense like taking your ass getting on the train going down to the red room going down to the rainbow yeah. room going down to uh, Perry Street going down to midnight on Houston. I've done um, nothing in the city. I've done no gay meetings in the city. Well, are you, are you in the city right now? Where are you right now? No, I live in Westchester. We bought a house in White Plains, and then when ooh, my father ooh, moved, ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh. Yes, she, and she got sober in White Plains. Yes, and then honey. Bought a house $1 at a time on those drag queen tips, honey. Baby. And then, or as some people would say, my husband takes care of me. Um, and, and g- girl. And then when my dad moved in, we just didn't have enough space. So we moved like one town over and bought a bigger house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my word, darling. Yes, darling. So I'm 30 minutes out. Like I drive down to the West Village for my show. It's lovely. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not tempted by all that shit anymore because in active addiction, like even driving down to do my show on Stonewall on Thursdays, I would start drinking at like five. I would get ready. My show is at ten. I would be in drag mm-hmm. at five, running around the West Village, being like, well, I can drive later if I drink now. Yeah. And then I would do, like, a bag of Coke and drink until 11.50 and be like, well, if I drive at 12 and I do a bump, I'm fine. Oh, that sounds like such... That sounds like... Cause my drag is so tied to being sober. You know, I've, of course, I've seen people get smashed. I've seen you get smashed. I mean, I've Girl, seen... you haven't I've, seen me not smashed. I mean, I've seen. I mean, I, I remember the days at XS Lounge when um, when you used to live with Bianca Del Rio. Wait, when I lived when I worked at Excess, I lived above Excess. It that's was, right. That's it right. Was Tina, and then I was on the top floor. That's right. You lived above Excess, above the managers. The managers who lived in the the first floor with yeah. D, TJ the DJ. Yes. Oh my God. And I, I also remember the night when um. At Vlada, when you um, may or may not have uh, assaulted, um, um, was it TJ? No, it, it, that was TK the DJ. That was TK. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you have you spoken to T? Have you like have you ever had a, like um? Have, to- have you told the story on the podcast yet? Oh, oh they- yeah. Oh, yeah, that I was drunk and someone came in and I was also high. And this guy was like, 
I thought we were flirting, and then I wanted to make out with his friend, and he said, I hope you get AIDS, and I took the shoe off, threw it, missed him, and hit TK and chopped a piece of his ear off. Yes, very <laughs> Flotilla DeBarge, very Flotilla. Well, girl, listen, I had to make a name. <laughs> very, and it's also where I met um, Marty Gold Cummings, too. I met Marty Gold Cummings at, uh, at Vlada. And, girl, and if you worked at Vlada, you were a fucking nightmare. Me, Marty, Bianca, Paige Turner, like, just nightmares. Yeah, that was that, yeah. That was a that was a wild. Oh my god, that was a wild place. And when, when, I guess whenever I think about my my time in the city and how it is so tied to my sobriety, and I ended up leaning closer to the queens who either don't drink and use, or the ones who do it very seldom, like people who you never really see wasted, like Sherry Vine. Like you really wouldn't see yeah. Sherry Vine like destroyed. Or no. Peppermint doesn't drink at all. She's not, like, sober, but she doesn't drink or, or do yeah, anything. Yeah, and that was, like, such a weird thing. I remember when I first moved here, because I moved here December 28th, 2006, and I started drag and drinking and doing drugs within the next, like, month. But I started mm-hmm. drag and drinking that night. And I met... Peppermint was one of the first queens I met other than Sherry, because I was dating Epiphany. Ugh. Oh, that's right. I forgot that oh. you and Epiphany were an item at one point. I, for, I forget it. This is all, like... Very New York City, like, uh, drag history, really. Girl. And then, like, Sherry and her were close, so I knew Sherry. And then Peppermint would perform at Don Hills on Friday. And me Mm. and Chandelier called ourselves the House of Gummy Bear. Because Peppermint's (laughs) last name used to be Gummy Bear. And we were obsessed with her. And when she would perform, we would stand there and scream and wave our money around. Oh, yeah. Every every queen goes through a, a peppermint obsession. If you are a New York queen and you did not go through a peppermint obsession, it's probably because you're either too young or too dumb, and that's just and that's just period on that. Yes, you because know? I mean she there was she has such an a light when she performs, and I oh, yeah. do, there's not many people I've to this day like girl when she would do this joy or she would do carry on like I would literally just be like. You stop. Hey, you freeze. Yeah. You and there's the no one that does that. She used to do Girl from the Gutter Like Me, which mm-hmm. I used to be obsessed with. She used to do um, Deeper Love. There's like one super cool remix of Deeper yes. Love that she had. The like nine minute mix and her wig was yeah. always coming off. And girl, she deep, didn't. Deep, 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 yeah. deep, deep. And she didn't <laughs> stop. Girl, I remember seeing her do that on a staircase at HK Lounge and being like, this yeah, bitch is pe- running up and down the stairs, sober, wiggling her wig. It was a lot. Yeah, perhaps an icon. But anyway, so I was, I was saying, I ended up being drawn to queens like her, um, Sherry, uh, Sherry Vine, uh, Monet Exchange, who will drink sometime, but I never really got like wasted or anything. No, even on and Fire then, Island, she was yeah. ne- like, we hung out every Friday because she was in Girlesque. And like, mm-hmm. we would hang out at the pool before we would do shots. I don't ever remember Monet being. A mess. Yeah, Pixie Aventura. Who I mean, these are also queens who just don't drink. At least they don't drink at work. Like 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 Pixie would do like a shot here and there, but I've never seen Pixie like destroyed. No. Um, same with uh, you know, my my friend Frosty Flakes. My friend, who else was I obsessed with? I mean, all these queens that were, were kind of. We were in like really two different groups. I was like the Tina, Brenda, Bootsy, Bianca, the Cokehead After Hours <laughs> crowd. <laughs> And I would all, and we would we would like cross paths, and we would have a moment together. But it would, but it would kind of just be like in the club in that moment. So like, there's also like the girls who would go to the diner after the show, and the girls who would go to the after hours after the show. Uh-huh. And I was always part of the diner crew. Like you do a show, you go to Barracuda. I remember, oh my god, I, I might get emotional here. I, I remember, um, 
I believe I remember when I when I, I I'm pretty sure I know when I met you. When oh, I gosh. met you at Barracuda Lounge and I had found out that um, Peppermint hosts a show called Star Search, which is the longest running drag show in New York City. It still runs apparently. And I yep. think who's hosting it now? Tina is Tina still Keisha. hosting it? Keisha's hosting it now. Uh, it's been hosted by Jackie Beat, uh, the legendary Rest in Peace Mona Foot, Peppermint, Mimi I'm first. Shaquita. Tina. Um, fun story, actually. When I went online, I saw that Shaquita was hosting it. The poster online said Shaquita. And I got there, and I was like, hi, Shaquita. It's so nice to meet you. And she was like, my name is Peppermint. <laughs> I was like, well, the poster online said hosted by Shaquita. Anyway, um, so I I went there, and there was this one queen who kept winning the competition, like, literally every single week. She kept winning so many times, they were like, you can't even come back. And her name was Logan Hardcore. <laughs> Logan Hardcore was literally, I'm telling you guys, like every week. Do you remember this? Yes, I had it budgeted into my rent. Yeah, Logan Hardcore, <laughs> like like you you literally you literally could not beat her. And the way that it works is you go there and the audience cheers. And Logan was not bringing a lot of friends. Logan was just really, really fierce. I mean, I Logan didn't have this, any friends to bring. <laughs> Logan would do this move. Logan used to wear this really, really hideous, hideous, like completely destroyed wig. Coconut. <laughs> and then it was like a like a dirty, disgusting blonde. And Logan um, would shoot. Uh, I remember a couple of your. I remember all your moves. You would pick up the someone's drink and you would drink it, and then you would uh, do the 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 lip syncing through your hand while drinking someone's drink, and yeah. then you would like burp on them, and then you used very to, COVID compliant. And then you used to do this move where you would uh you would roll do like a rolling somersault on the ground, and then lift yourself up on your hands. And then you would slam down into the splits. Yeah, it was but like I the also split re- back roll split. Go yeah, on. but I also remember when you did it, like your 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 knees were like they were just like all bent. I'm really like this girl's gonna really hurt her body. I you probably did. Yeah, both of my knees have been dislocated six times. I have arthritis <laughs> in my knees. Oh my god! I she have to like sp- purely stand up now. That's she it. would do the splits and then roll. Like imagine you roll on your back and then push yourself up on your hands. So you're now doing a handstand and you would slam down the splits again. You were very aggressive. And then when and then when you stopped doing it, because they told you you couldn't come back. I remember one night, uh, I think Ginger Ginger Snap filled in for Pep one week and was like, you can't come back anymore. And then the next week, um, C. Maddox started um, winning. So yeah. then C. Maddox was one for like, uh, rest in peace, C. Maddox. I'm like, I can't yeah, believe I'm saying rest in peace. We would go so there people. together. We would go together. Um and I won. It was I was winning, and then Jiggly would come in and beat me, and then I would go again and make a run for it, and then Busted would come in and beat me, and then there mm-hmm. was 19 weeks in a row that I won, and it was budgeted into my rent. And there yeah. were queens that like started fights, like Escalita queens. When I would win, <laughs> they would have me go stand at the wait station because queens were like throwing their drinks and getting in fights. Yeah, it so was wild. Cole was like, "Go stand over there." So I'd have to stand there as they escorted these girls out of the bar, and I was like, "Miss <laughs> Mama." <laughs> so the the queens that used to win, the three queens that used to always win were Logan Hardcore. C Maddox and um, later Sable Cities. Sable Girl. Cities was like unstoppable. She just, I remember she flew into town looking like Texas drag. 
I mean, like just unlike the New York, because the New York Queens, we were kind of wild back then. We did the New York Queens. Now they look really, really beautiful. But in the in the in the like 2008, 2009, 2010, we were really just kind of just doing our thing and we were like just having fun. I mean, to give you a hint of what we look like, the prettiest queen was Mimi on first. <laughs> Mimi was considered quite stunning. Girl, um, she was she was wearing gowns and gowns, yes, and all those the jewelry, the huge hair, the huge hair with the bob under it. And we were like, yes. wow, yeah, yeah, blown away. So when Sable City showed up, we were like, oh my god, this is in, like how this is wild. Who is this queen? And but I also remember being like, do you remember? Do you remember? This is one of the craziest memories. There was this queen who used to come to Barracuda. Her name was Pixie, not Pixie, Pixie Aventura. No, 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 just Pixie with with cerebral palsy. Yes, yes. <laughs> and she would do pocketbook. Yes. So Pixie had a rivalry with Logan Hardcore, like this huge. It was like massive, this massive rivalry with Logan Hardcore. And I don't know, I don't know who was the aggressor and whose fault it was, but all I know is that if you showed up on the, you know, on the night that they both showed up, it, it would be a whole scene. And then one night, do you remember when Vlada gave Pixie a show? Yes. Girl, <laughs> yes. Because it was unheard of. This I need everyone to understand. It's not like we were competing against each other because she was good. She was horrible. She was she a pretty one, bad queen. She had one foot. That worked, and she dragged the other one behind her. But she, also, we want to point out, it wasn't because of her disability. There are lots of queens with disabilities who are differently abled, who are great. But Pixie was not particularly known for her for her showmanship. She was uh, she was kind of just um, not terribly self aware, no. and and Pixie and Logan would just go at it. So then, Vlada gave her a show, but not like a week. It was like a one night only. <clears throat> Come see Pixie. And everyone, everyone showed up. It there was, was not one girl that was not working at that time that was not in that building. Yeah, because we were all like, we got to see what, we got to <laughs> see what Pixie's going to do. Because we've only is, seen her do one number. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, this is a great PR stunt for Vlada because every, I'm telling you, it was, it was packed. You, you would have thought it was Slurp Sundays. It was, it was, it was girl. packed up in there. So it was like, I mean, all the way to the wall packed. And Logan, I remember you were sitting in the front in full drag. With Bianca. Yes. And didn't she like throw a drink at you at one point? She threw a drink at me. Yes. And so me and Bianca were about to take her ass. So this is what I this is how I remember it. I'm gonna tell you how I remember it, then tell me if if if, if my memory's correct. So Pixie was on stage performing and doing like something. And you and Bianca would not stop talking during Ever. our show. Never. You guys were like just talking, but also every no one was really watching because it's, it was such a spectacle. It was like I can't believe this is happening. So Logan Hardcore and Pixie are like going back. Are like Logan Hardcore and Bianca are talking. They're like, imagine if you're on stage, look down to your right. They're right there. I mean, just literally the literally sitting on stage. Yes. And then Pixie was like. Pixie grabbed the mic and and I think told Logan to shut up. And then Logan stood up and started mouthing off. And then Pixie <laughs> grabbed her cocktail and threw it in Logan. <laughs> and then she grabbed her cocktail and she threw it in your face or on your ch- or something. No, she threw it in my face. Yeah, and then 
and then Logan, everyone was like, because we've all known that at that time, Logan, I wouldn't say Logan had a reputation for like hitting people, but you didn't have a reputation for being not violent. <laughs> okay. You, you didn't, it wasn't a reputation for like turning the other cheek. No, I hadn't so, thrown the shoe yet either. So like I was boiling. So we were all we were all like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? And then Logan reached into her purse and pulled out a powder puff, and and, she, and like aggressively like dried her face. And then I think you may have went to the bathroom or, or something. But that was a that was that's honestly legit one of my wildest like one of the craziest girl I, memories I, I never would have remembered that until you told me that's one of those nights that like there's so many things that like get told to me that i'm like that was fun but like <laughs> that night i never would have remembered because there were so many nights like that for me because i was so aggressive and a nightmare mm-hmm. be like me and bianca did that exact same thing to Paige turner one week you know me and bianca <laughs> hated Paige Turner. There's no one that hated Paige Turner more than me and Bianca. We hated this fucking Q-tip wig wearing bitch more than anyone. And so we were drunk and high. We had done brunch. Then we probably went to Griffin. And then it was like 10 o'clock and we were zooted and gone. And Mm -hmm. had no business being in public. And I feel (laughs) confident talking about Bianca because she calls herself a bump buzzard. And I don't feel bad about it because it was always my drug she did. And we went to Vlada because we lived around the corner. We were like, girl, we can drink free. Fuck Paige Turner. Yeah. And Paige Turner had this little red velvet rope that she put up to stop people from going up to the upstairs till her show started. And it was like, it was cattle. And me and Bianca got our drinks, and we just walked up. And Paige was like, I'm setting up my show. And we but also, like, to, just to anyone who's listening who doesn't know who Paige Turner is, I want, I want to paint a picture of Paige Turner. <laughs> so Paige Turner is a New York City queen. She's, I mean, she's very secretive about her age, but I would guess that Paige Turner is now probably 40, 45? 45. Between. I mean, she's too old to be doing it. Oh my god! Well, drag Bianca. I think Bianca's like fifty something now. No, girl. I mean, doing the type of drag she does. Oh. So, so okay. I didn't say that, but but Paige is Paige was like uh, Paige is like a, like a, she went to AMDA. She was like an AMDA kid turned drag queen. Which, by the way, I, which is literally every AMDA kid: Crystal Demure, Michelle Visage, um, Jan, uh, Jan um, all of them. I mean, literally Marty, like, uh, Marty Gold Cummings, um, Judy Darling. Um, cornbread, jeté, like all these kids went to AMDA. So she was like, man, she was really into the musical theatery kind of drag. And she is, she is like, if you made a parody of a white person, <laughs> Paige Turner is like, she was so white. But I will say this, in her defense, Paige Turner was very, she was pretty funny. She like, was Paige successful Turner, too. People Paige loved Turner, her. And Paige's Sunday night show was but I mean, it was like you. I mean, she really set that rope up because like people were just. It was so many people waiting in the downstairs area, waiting to get upstairs. It was like student rush. She it used to jokingly wild. call it the student rush section, <clears throat> and it was a very successful show, which probably fueled your anger. Oh, because we it was so- <laughs> We just hated her, and like I probably I've gone through all my steps. I'm sure I owe her an amends. And now that I've <laughs> talked about her twice, I'm like she definitely. I, but she has blocked me. 
everywhere. <laughs> During my rock bottom in P-Town, it was in the middle of COVID and she was performing in a parking lot. And I went, she was on stage in a parking lot on a milk crate or something. And I went out with Bianca on FaceTime and I was like, look where she is. She's in a fucking parking lot where she belongs. <laughs> And then I threw a dollar at her and said, that's from Bianca. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so to get paid the idea, Paige, she was this really musical theatery, very peppy, very, like, I'm super cutesy kind of drag. Um, and I guess that was really an affront to Logan's nature as a... We hated her. As a drag artist. And, and I like, did, the... I didn't know her. Do you know, I hate her because Bianca hated her. And like, I was so <laughs> along with the Bianca train at that point mm-hmm. that she was like, we hate her. And I was like, well, we hate her. Burn her in the middle of town and stone her. <laughs> and we went to that show, girl. We walked up those stairs. She was like, you can't come up here. We were like, shut the fuck up. And we sat down and just started doing that shit we did to Pixie. We talked through her whole show to the point where someone that worked there came up to us and was like, you two have to to go downstairs like yeah, you both wild. work here you are being y'all are horrible wild. y'all are wild yeah i wasn't wild. like the fun person that i painted the picture to be i always was like girl i'm the party girl i was a literal demon <laughs> well you, you also once didn't you set a couch on fire one time no I would remember that. Well, the rumor has it. See, that's the thing. I think once you once you have such a reputation like this, rumors start spreading around. Where did I and burn then, a couch? Maybe I did. Someone said you set a couch on fire, I think, at pieces. It no, was in the bars. I, I broke the... Okay. <laughs> what did you it do wasn't it? on purpose. I used to host... You know, pieces did like 12-hour karaoke nights. So okay. they would break it into two different people hosting. So one of my gimmicks was I would wait for someone that was going to do one of those like nine minute songs. And then I would Mm -hmm. run out the door of pieces, run around the corner to McDonald's. I would order an ice cream and a small fry and run back before the person was done. And I was so drunk and high that I put the the ice cream on top of one of the speakers and forgot about it. And it melted all behind it and blew the sound system at pieces. Oh, work. So Eric told me, he was like, you don't have to, we're not going to fire you, but we're going to take 50% of your check every week till it's paid off. And I was like, bitch, you are paying me $75 to begin with. <laughs> They're like, well, you'll and be working here for the next 10 years. And I was <laughs> like, I'm out. And I never went back. And no, I blew the sound system at pieces. There was also, um, I mean, but also there were, there were so many crazy stories like that. I, like, I, um... If I recall correctly, and by the way, this is all hearsay. Everything I'm saying is alleged. So um, far, most of it's been true. <laughs> years ago, Mimi I'm First um, was at XS Lounge, and she was doing a bit kind of like, um, I don't know if you all are familiar with Sinead O'Connor's Fight the Real Enemy. If you're a Gen Z, you're listening. Sinead O'Connor's a singer, and she had, she did a song on, she did a performance on SNL. She, and during rehearsal, she said, Fight the Real Enemy, I and mean, she ripped up like nothing, but on the, on, on, Air on live air, she held up a picture of the Pope and she yelled, Fight the real enemy. She ripped it in half. Oh boy. So I think that, um, as a bit, um, Mimi I'm first was like, Fight the real enemy, and it was Osama bin Laden. She had a picture of Osama bin Laden and she set the picture on fire and then she dropped it in the tip bucket, but like the fire got Didn't a little stop. nutty. <laughs> And then it was, a, it, and then people got scared. So she didn't burn the building down, but I think it got scary. 
and and like maybe the alarms went off or something and everyone but also i want everyone anyone listen to know like this was stuff that happened in new york city all the time like this was normal None yeah. of these things, like, it was normal to wake up and, like, I remember being in a group text. I could probably pull it up with Pixie, Bootsy, Tina, Bianca, Maddox. Like, there were just group group texts that would be like, what the fuck went on last night? And someone would start it and be like, girl, did you hear about Dallas at Barracuda? And it was just like... I remember the night Janae got taken out of the Escalita by the police. Like... Yeah. Oh, do you remember the night? What do you remember back when? Um, was it Roxy Brooks got arrested at the Stonewall? Yes, because of her ex boyfriend. Yeah, her ex her ex boyfriend like like well, it was like that's the bitch get her. It was like fucking Chicago. It was, in the middle, it was, it in was the like when they got Stonewall. Bill McKelly in Chicago. It, it was in the middle yeah, of the, the show. <laughs> her Stonewall invasion. I was a guest, and all of a sudden the police were there, and I was like. <laughs> So, so they arrest her in full in drag. drag. And then, of course, because it is so wild, everyone talks about it. And everyone's like, and, and because the drag community was even, it was very, it was a lot smaller back then than it is now. So, we're, I mean, realistically speaking, of us who were actually working, and I mean, like, paying our bills with Seven drag, nights a week working. At the most, there were probably, like... On the high end, thirty of us. And that's, that is really that's really pushing, pushing it. it. I'm also including all the girls who sell burgers at who sell burgers. <laughs> I'm including the burger girl. So I'm including Lucky Chang's and Lips. But if you exclude Lucky Chang's and Lips, ten. it was there were probably like ten of us. Me, you, Bianca, Paige, Shaquita, Tina, um, Tina, Sherry, Sh- Sherry Vine. Epiphany Ooh. was sucking dick off Craigslist to pay, so that's yeah. Epiphany, count. but also Epiphany was like back and forth. She go to Greece and come back and marry Girl. and, and no, then and marry. It wasn't, it wasn't marry easy. someone. You remember when she like marry like like she would all that you'd look up and then she would marry some guy from Greece and it was crazy in a wedding dress that didn't hit the floor. Yeah, it was. Girl. It was. It was all. It was all mad. I'm probably missing someone. So there's some legendary queens going to get mad that I didn't say her name. But what I'm getting at is, I mean, oh Thorgy as Rhea. Well, as Rhea was oh, working Brooklyn, at Ama- Brooklyn was like a whole nother. I can't, I don't even know yeah. how to talk about these girls because I never interacted with them. By the time what they fair? were doing their show at the Ritz, I yeah. was like, Sadie, Sadie, married lady wasn't going out anymore. Yeah, as Rhea actually was, 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 was a makeup artist as well. They, they were a makeup artist, but Thorgy was, was kind of like the bridge between Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, and the yeah. show Ritz kind of, kind of started that, but there were not a lot of us. There were very, no. very few of us. And, and and if you include also, I I I I did not frequent Escalita. There's probably an, another like three or four girls who worked at Escalita as well. Girl, I remember um, when they gave me Bianca and Janae a show at Escalita, and it was supposed to be like the and view. Bunny, obviously Lady Bunny. Oh yeah, Lady Bunny. Girl, yeah. Bunny. The woof. I'm having her on here, so that should be a treat because she is a <laughs> twirling wall of sobriety. Uh, <laughs> But I remember oh, Escalito gave me, Janae, and Bianca a show because we did brunch together and we were supposed to do like The View. So like mm-hmm. Escalito, for those of you that don't know, was like a Latin and black like club. The white girls didn't work there. So me mm-hmm. and Bianca working there did not go over well. And our show was on Sundays at like seven. And like two girls from the bar would show up and sit in the audience and be like, the fuck are you girls doing here? And to oh. anyone who doesn't know Bianca, Bianca is Latinx, 
Um, Bianca is Latinx, just to be clear. Bianca Bianca would jokingly call herself a white lady sometimes, but she's not. No. But but she, but her numbers were. She didn't do numbers first of all, and her <laughs> unless and you got her, her really good and drunk. Yeah, and she was very she was very Don Rickles, very Lisa Lampanelli, very um you know Friars Club roast type drag. She was just a she was very rotted. Her whole thing was being rotted and nasty. That was that was Bianca's was is Bianca's <laughs> she still is rotted. Yeah, that is, that is Bianca's kind of whole thing. So I can imagine you two. Cause I I went to Escalita. I would I would go to Escalita to like to to watch shows. Yeah, but they I had I had best shows, girl. Yeah, those shows were where you saw hot good good drag, girl. We weren't going to see the good drag of Boots and <laughs> Yeah, but I I, I didn't I did not work at Escalita. I don't think I was um pretty enough to work at Esquilita. Well, uh, at I time. certainly wasn't. So I probably got the gig because of Bianca. <laughs> well, yeah, you I mean you you also had a connection with like a really established queen like like having having someone like Bianca, you know, vouch for you is is a really big deal and I remember a lot of people were like, "Well, we like Logan because we like Bianca." Girl, guess um, who didn't feel that way? RuPaul's who? Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> they were like no. <laughs> I don't know if they even like Bianca anymore. <laughs> Girl, probably not because she says no to everything. <laughs> and also constantly makes fun of them all the time. Girl. Um, but yeah, and it's also back when, uh, when did you move to New York City? 2006, December, like literally three days before 2007. And you started doing drag in 2006? I started doing drag the night I moved here because Epiphany was going to go to work and I was like, you're my boyfriend. You're not gonna, I just moved here. And you were five hours late picking me up at LaGuardia. Like, so she was like, we have to put you in drag. And I was like, okay. So they put me in drag. I went to work with her. I started dancing on stage and just having a good time. And they fired Epiphany that night and hired me. So when are you going to acknowledge that Epiphany's your drag mom? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I've been emancipated. I have been um, the emancipation of Epiphany. Uh, and Epiphany, I mean, these are just such characters. Like, like, y'all, we could talk about these characters, these people. I mean, we were the characters. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of stories about me doing something ridiculous. But I just remember some of the wild stuff. I, I remember we, we we were doing a Cole Haan event, Cole Haan the Shoe Company. And we were in Brooklyn giving out sandwiches. It was, it was me, Jordan Fox. Oh, my God. Epiphany. Skylar Versailles. God stop our mouth. And I think maybe one more person, but we were um, we were on the way back from we, we were at, we were we literally handing out grilled cheese sandwiches. Our whole job was to hand out grilled cheese sandwiches and get people to like sign up for this Kohan mailing list. A bunch of drag queens. This was years ago, so we're on the train headed back to Manhattan. We decided to go to therapy. We decided we're going to stop at therapy. So we get to Ooh. therapy, and there's now the way that okay therapy by the way doesn't exist anymore, but it's now a bar called Hush. But back in the day. You walk into therapy and you go up the staircase. So everyone who comes into therapy has a grand entrance. You are literally entering from the middle of the room. And then everyone turns and looks to see if you're cute or if they know you. And if you're neither, they turn back around. So we all go up the staircase. um, And there are these like itty bitty little tables, like like literally like Ottomans for chairs. And then like like very two drinks fit on it. Yeah, and then to the side they have these full tables, but so the tables, the the banks were all full, and Epiphany was like, "We want to eat here, but we're not sitting on the floor." Epiphany goes, "Wait one second. So Epiphany goes over to the DJ booth, 
whisper something, and then the next thing you know, they come back and they put they they set us up a table on the stage. So all these drag queens, but there's no show going on. Hold on one sec. Hello. Oh, it's Delta. Um, but there's no but there's no show going on. So all these drag queens are just sitting on the stage eating. <laughs> in full light but that's the kind of stunts that the queens to pull girl and like, Epiphany remember- used to pull that shit everywhere she was grand <clears throat> bitch she thought honestly it's, it was very fierce Epiphany taught me to not take shit as a queen because when we started it wasn't cool to do drag we were the girls yeah. Like, the gays, when the shows would start, would be like, oh, here we go with this fucking shit again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it wasn't cool to do drag until, like, season four or five of Drag Race. And then I remember that Epiphany, um, there was, like, another legendary story years ago about Epiphany. So, so a lot of, there was a, a couple of drag queens who, oh, my God, this is really aging ourselves. A couple of drag queens who only have last names because you had to have a last name on Facebook. So... Chandelier is a very popular drag queen in New York City. She's very, very tall. But when she joined Facebook, she had to make her last name, period. Yeah. So Because you could not have a last name. So you can't just say Chandelier. So her name was Chandelier, period. So Epiphany's name used to be Epiphany Get Paid. But her name was just Epiphany. Do you remember this? Epiphany yes, Get Paid. Do you remember girl. this? <laughs> but she Ugh. got the nickname Get Paid because apparently one night she was at a bar. <laughs> And the night was over, and then they were like, we don't have any money to pay you. She's like, oh, no, you guys are going to pay me. And they were oh, like, baby. we don't have any money. So Epiphany just walks around the bar, opens up the cash register herself, takes the money out of the out of the register, slams the register, takes a bottle of booze, and just uh, hoofs it. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, now your name is like Epiphany Get Paid. Girl. And, like, it was normal. Like, this was normal <laughs> shit. Like, I remember once at brunch, they tried to pull a stunt with me that they weren't going to pay me. And I called the owner and he was like, uh, well, just get it to you tomorrow because I did Saturday and Sunday. And I was like, no, you'll get here now. And I held the phone to the side and I just started knocking wine glasses off the bar, <laughs> shattering them on the floor. And I was like, you have five minutes before I keep going. Girl, that man got there and gave me that money. But Do you remember when a certain popular blonde drag queen got fired from heaven because she said the N-word oh God. on the microphone. Do you remember this? I remember. I really can't remember who it is, but I know the story. Well, let's just say she's still working. In the city? In the, in the city. And, I mean. I, <laughs> Girl, put it in the chat. <laughs> Because I have to know who this is. Because she... Hold on. Girl, the amount of girls that I heard use that word. And should all be fucking fired. Oh my Um, god. Oh, well, my god. Surprise, surprise. Well, I'll I'll give you all this clue. Let's just say her original drag name used to be Holly Cost, and then she had to change her name. Do you remember that? Yep. Do you remember that? Girl. And then she she had to change her drag name because they were like, that's really offensive. And, And... a lot of these queens used to really go around, I mean, really doing the some most. crazy bogus, really bogus Mimi, shit. Mimi, I'm first Black History Month mix that was like 20 minutes of Black History Month songs. I, ne- I never got a chance to see this And it this ended with number. the circle of life and she would ca- pull a baby out and... 
Girl, it was like that, and I'm telling you, Little Shop of Horrors. Like it wasn't, it wasn't offensive, but it was like it wasn't not offensive. It It wasn't not offensive. It's like, why are you doing this when there's a million other choices for you in this world? So I ended up actually quitting one of my gigs because of a situation like this. I was doing a show. It was in it was the Black History Month show at at Industry, and the queen and the queen who runs the show was like, we're gonna do um. The guys love Nubia from Aida, and and so meanwhile, um, Queen is a cast of only white people. Yeah, um, so do you, so do you remember? Um, of I don't. I'm not gonna ask you. Do you remember? Of, of course you remember Dallas Dubois, and um, so Dallas Dubois used to host the, the Dallas Dubois used to host Queen, and we came to Black History Month. I I went up to Dallas and I said, Hey Dallas, I just wanted you to know, like. It feels inappropriate for you to be hosting the Black History Month show. I feel like me and Brenda Darling should be hosting the show because it's Black History Month. And then Dallas said, you know what? Honestly, that makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. That's shocking because she was not good about giving up anything. She let me in. Brenda and I hosted the show and we did this whole bit. She started hosting and me and Brenda came out and we're like, fuck this white bitch. And we wrapped her up and threw her in the back and we were like, we're hosting the show. It's Black History Month. And then the next year, I mentioned to the new girl who's hosting, I said, you know, um, I really feel like we should be hosting. Like, me and Brenda should be hosting. We're black. And I don't understand why. Because she also had brought in Jada Balenciaga, another black. So there were three black girls. No, and Sasha Pierce. It was me. It was me, Brenda Darling, Sasha Pierce, and Jada Balenciaga. Four black girls. And there's one white. And But we were all on the same night, though, because of black history month and then it was uh bootsy and holly day and i was like we don't like i don't want to i just don't want to do the guys love nubia i don't want to have you as aida i don't want to um do a number where we're like worshiping you or praising you or giving you accolades during black history month um during i don't want to do that and then they were like well it's not that's just how it is and i was like well i i'm not going to participate and 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 i'm done doing the show so then I ended up quitting the show because of that. Um, but that was like the kind of like madness that New York and it City. Was, it was normal. Like girls, like I heard people from Bianca to Sherry. I said shit that was inappropriate. And I talked about it on previous episodes. And like, it's insane to me. Because if half the things we all did then, we even attempted to do now. Girl, none of us would have jobs. Well, well, there there were no standards. There were no rules and regulations. There no. were no there were no standards and practices. There was also was, no repercussions. There was nothing yeah. to be afraid of, because yeah. there was there wasn't. What's going to happen? The worst thing that happened to me when I chopped a DJ's ear off is I lost my night at Vlada and I had to move to Fire Island and work there all summer. And I believe what didn't Vlada, the actual woman Vlada, have to pay for that ear? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> She had the money. She was a fucking crackhead too. She was sitting down in that basement doing lines during the show with Alan coming. But yeah, but that, but that was like the, I mean, oh my god, New York City is really a the New York City drag scene. And and by the way, me and Logan are not we're not old. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. You're I'm, probably younger than me. I'm 32. Yeah, I'm 35 years old, but because I started doing drag in 2008, um I uh, you know, I, I've been doing drag for, oh, I don't want to do math. I think that's 12, 13 years now. Yeah, I'm at 15. I just passed 15. Oof. Yeah, I was doing drag for 13 years, and it was really, and I will, I can, 
acknowledge that I started drag after I saw, like, literally, I saw one episode of Drag Race, and I was like, I'm in. Girl. I'm in. I was like, I'm ready. So I, I am a product of drag, too. But just, I happen to be old enough to be a product of season one, episode one. They you know were I mean? casting for season one. They did a casting special at Lips. And all of us went, and we would perform on the floor. And mm-hmm. if Chanel Piero, or whatever her name was, liked you, you went downstairs for an interview. And mm-hmm. I went downstairs, and they were like, they put me last. They kept having everyone go in front of me. And then they said, I sat down. I was like, I'm Logan Hardcore. My name's Logan Slaughter. And she was like, what's your age? And I said, do you want my real age or do you want the age on my ID? And she was like, wait a minute, you're not 21? And I was like, no. And she's like, then we can't finish this. She was like, you're everything we were looking for, but we can't even go forward. So I had to wait four years, three or four years. How old were you at the time? 18, 17 Mm -hmm. or 18. And I waited till 21. And by that time, it had started to really bubble and change. And mm-hmm. then when Bianca got on, she suggested me. They said no. Alyssa suggested me. They said no. Willem suggested me. They said, well, girl, if Willem said it, they were like, no. Yeah. But, you know, at a certain point, I gave maybe, up on maybe, it. Maybe it's the people that are suggesting you. And also, Most I just want to point out, I want to point out, when we're saying Sherry, we mean Sherry Vine. I would like for everyone listening to know that when we say oh, Sherry. I didn't know. I didn't know Miss Pie personally. I've only had yeah. my one experience where I interviewed her, which was... When did you interview Pi? The day after Tamron Hall. Her publicist, her PR team called me and asked if I would take the interview. And I said, the only thing is there's nothing off the table and I'm asking her whatever the fuck I want to because she's avoiding questions. And how was the how did that interview? Should I listen to it? Is it I'll worth send listening? it to you. Yeah. The what's real like it's worth listening to because I hold her feet to the flames. I, like I flat out ask her everything that Tamron should have. And then I had two of the victims on the next two weeks. Is it is it this podcast? Yeah, it's like it was this before I turned to the sobriety, and I have it. It's on so, my YouTube too. Um, it was intense, and I'll tell you the most intense thing is I've never released the video because I think I could probably get sued. But she was pacing the whole time and like trying to cover herself up with things, and it's it's like a master class in psychology to watch that video because it it was wild to watch. Do you have the link? You want to send me? Yeah, it? I'll send it to you. I'll send you the link, oh girl. <laughs> oh my god! It's it's bad. It's she was like, yeah, I know what I did. I'm like, <laughs> girl, this it's is insane to me. Wa- the, oh my god! The, the I mean, the, so whenever also a lot of us were thinking to ourselves, well, this stuff isn't that crazy because we were all like, well, it's not crazy until you're Michael Alec. Yeah, like it's not because it's not, that was so, the thing that happened before us. Yeah, so so to everyone thinking to themselves like this, like you, you have to remember, like ten years before this all happened, someone was murdered. It, that was like the peak of like the insanity that is New York City nightlife, and we were all like, well, as long as we're not murdering anyone, that was literally my mindset. Was as long as I'm not hurting, like severely hurting anyone or ending up in jail, saying. I had a great night. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and I remember but, Maddox used to say to me, because we would get ready together, and he would say to me, are you mugshot ready? And I'd be like, I guess. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, um, you know, uh, C. Maddox was this really, uh, really phenomenal drag queen, and, and like, kind of like one of the first drag YouTuber. queens that I saw who was really doing YouTube. He would have been huge by now. I remember we were all like, oh, yeah, honey, YouTube. But YouTube. I was like, what are you doing, girl? She's like, a company sent me a wig. I was like, let's go out. Let's go get drunk. <laughs> yeah, we're all like, this is, okay, sure, you're on YouTube, Mary. 
Um, but this also around the time that um, another queen who was very popular on YouTube at the time was Sherry Vine. Sherry Vine was doing these um, these parodies. She did like this 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 parody called um, uh, uh, "Shit in My Pants," it was a, a parody of Bad Romance that <sighs> blew up on on YouTube, and it just got really really popular. So you know, C Maddox and Sherry were were these like two YouTube queens, and of course, yeah, you and um, you and C Maddox used to do um, used to do the reviews. Yeah, we would review everything and like we got we were really we were one of we were the first popular review show and I we were mm-hmm. really in our height on Bianca's season and we I lived in Bianca's building. So Bianca would come up and sit in the room with us while we recorded and tell us like behind the scenes shit to talk about mm-hmm. to keep our numbers up and have shit that no one else had. So like then Maddox when Maddox died, um I stopped doing the show and then his mother talked to me and was like, I think Maddox would really want you to keep doing it. So I started it up again solo and the numbers like we were doing probably like 30 to 25 to 30,000 a week. And then when I started, mm-hmm. I was only getting like two and now I started again alone. I'm like, oh, I'm getting 200. Well, we should have just kept <laughs> this train going. <laughs> but I, it's because I love drag race and yeah. like, like to circle to you, I always knew you were going to get on. I was like, really? Yeah, it was for me. It was because you're someone like Peppermint that on stage I stop and watch. It was just you always on a microphone. There was no people who were good on microphones in New York City. There still Mm -hmm. aren't. It was you, me, Bianca. Everyone else had to work in casts because they need people to pull them around. Um, and 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 you you're gonna have to give oh, Paige Turner her dues. You got to give Paige her dues. Paige, was I don't remember ever seeing her show, so I can't. I was, she was very she was very funny. Very. Clever. I really can't. I I will say she always had a busy show, so she did something right. But I don't remember anything she ever did, other than something with a black puppet. Yeah, that's right. She did. Oh my god, I that, I forget how all this fucking because we do all this racist stuff. She had um she. She had a, a black puppet that she called Lamar. And I, and I remember that because I have a cousin named Lamar. I always remember that because I have a cousin named Lamar. And she was like, oh, this is Lamar. The, so whenever she would do a song and there was like a black um, voice in it, she would pull out Lamar. Yeah. And the whole crowd would be like, oh, this is so funny. I remember kind of being like. Girl. I, it, it was, it was, it was, I will say navigating the nightlife scene especially at that time, as a black person, was very interesting. Because a lot of girls, I remember even, I remember you used to, <laughs> you you were really towing the line. Oh, oh, with, oh the towing the line, girl. You used to I wear this push af- the line. You used to wear this afro. <laughs> this Coconut. This big, and then, and then, you, and then you would do like, you were obsessed with Beyonce. You know I would I mean? only perform Beyonce. And, and I remember you had, I, I just have a lot of memories of, um, I have a lot of memories of like it kind of comes in little pockets of things that people have done. I remember there was a performance of you on I saw, I didn't see it live. I saw it on like Instagram or something and you and you have this um blow up guitar. Oh god. And you had these your hips. You were going through this phase where your hips were really low. Like I don't know what was going on, but they were like they were like on your thighs. So you just had Girl, to like, I was learning how to be a body beautiful girl. <laughs> so Logan's hips were on her thighs, and she was and she's has an air guitar, but it was blow up. Do you remember this? No. And, and you're playing the guitar 
on like some guitar. It, I don't know. Some of the stuff that was like going on was just so it, like some of it is it's like I'm like, is this weird performance art? What is going on? What has happened? Did you win Miss Fire Island one year or something? I won Miss. I've won. I won all the pageants on Fire Island. Fire Miss mm-hmm. Fire Island Entertainer of the Year. I won Entertainer of the Year doing single ladies because it was that year, and I was like, I'll win this easy, hands down. It was like the song. I lost Entertainer of the Year one year. To- <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Please tell me it was to Bootsy doing Pink, like doing some rhythmic uh... gymnastics dance. So I came in second place two times in a row doing um, Fire Island. First year, I lost to Holly Day. And Holly Day did Africa by Shakira. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're cutting up. Hold on. <laughs> I, if, wait, if I recall. You cut, you cut up for a second. So say it again. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. So what I, if I recall correctly, I believe that was the year that I did uh, come alive by Nicki Minaj, and I had this number where I was in this like outfit, and then my skirt opened up, and then when yeah. the skirt opened up, there were these two people underneath it in the in robot outfits, and we danced together. And I came in second place, and Holly Day won, and she did Africa by Shakira. She was barefoot, <laughs> and she and she did African dancing while wearing yes. an afro. Yep. that was a gag. And then I, the was next I, was, I was a host by this point. I was me, Ariel, and Portia. Yeah, you had already won, so you couldn't compete at that point. I was and hosting the, at this point because I remember being like. And the, and the next year, I did uh, Dungeon Dragon Nicki Minaj, and I I had this bit where it's like my head got chopped off, and I had this this like whole bit. And then Bootsy LaFerris did that was the year that Bootsy did the pink number. <laughs> Also barefoot. Barefoot. And then Holly came back the year after and won doing some interpretive dance in a cancer outfit about someone dying of cancer. Yeah. Miss Fire Island is very problematic. I I also, I mean, I also did, I also did uh, Miss Cherries and I, oh, I lost to you. That's when I lost to you. Yes, you and Brenda Darling. I whooped both your ass. Because I, I remember, also, I was so bad. I was My gown was literally just a wedding dress I got from the thrift store. The photo I have of Brenda Darling at Crowning of Miss Cherries, sometimes I send it to her and I'm like, never forget. <laughs> so what I was wearing for the gown, I, I had a, a wedding dress from the thrift store and I had this, this like helmet made of roses, but there was like one spot cut out over my eye and it was this helmet made of white roses. And I was like, I'm about to fucking turn the children. And then I remember when you won, This I distinctly remember when you won, you already had the bobby pins. Yes. For the crown. Breast. Yes. You were, so they announced you and then you pulled out the bobby pins. Yeah. And then Bianca Del Rio came on and she was like, I can't believe you're not wearing earrings. Earrings. And she put the earrings I'm, on and I caused yes. the scene that she was taking my moment by putting earrings on my face. Yes. And she was like, I'm so embarrassed you're not wearing earrings. This is, what have I taught you? And then she, so I just. Oh, she took I think, hers off. She took hers yes. off, put them on me. And I was like, stop it. Stop it. And I think Ginger Snap was crowning you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Girl. Girl the Chronicles. Girl. There should be a, a, a TV show about, about New York City. Why there, when they said they were doing a TV show about Fire Island, I was like, yes. And then when it was what it was, I was like, fucking white people. <laughs> No, there no, people. No, there there needs to be a a scripted series about the shenanigans that went on. It, I mean, in it could be written, New York City, and it would be wild. 
Yeah, there was there was a lot. There was I'm, I'm trying to think of any other like abs- I remember um when you were performing at the the gla- back when they were called the Glammies. Oh god. And I did and, Rihanna after I did Annie. No, wait, what, what, what was that? Yeah, you, you came out dressed as Annie. And I ripped it off, and then I did um, Rihanna. And I had that red. It was Rihanna's red hair era. And that was the same night where Dallas Dubois, she tried to recreate Pink's silk performance. By doing Skyscraper by Demi Lovato. But the thing about, <laughs> like, when Pink does it, Pink is like, 20 feet in the air but Dallas was just like a foot off the ground and she had like there's this thing where like queer performers do they do this thing it's very popular where they take really offensive words and they like have them written on their bodies so you'll like open your shirt and it says faggot sissy homo AIDS and you am I lying or am I telling the truth you've seen it you've seen it a thousand times too many times and they and they, they they do a reveal and it shows like fag, you know all these words and then they then they tear the words off and they become new. And I remember oh. Dallas doing that, but it was the fact that she was. I remember it was the fact that she was like a, a foot, foot off, off the, ground. the ground. Girl, <laughs> I was it. such a nightmare at those awards because I always knew that I was gonna win because I gave Cherry Jubilee cocaine. So I knew, like, I, there were, I wasn't supposed to win Best Dancer. So, like, every year I would win, I'd get on stage and be like, yeah, motherfuckers, I did it with two dislocated knees and I deserved it. What, bitch? Like, wasn't, wasn't Dallas one of your, wasn't Dallas one of me your and, enemies, too? Me and Dallas, Dallas quit in the middle of the show on Fire Island because of me. And she left Fire Island because of me. And quit drag because of me. Like, if I recall... One time, so Dallas, you, so Dallas and and Logan were so different in their performances. Dallas was a little bit more, um, I'll say, it, a little more, maybe a little more put together and polished. polished. Yeah, she and was Logan like a Broadway was, queen. Yeah, and but not like Paige Turner. It was different. It was different than Paige Turner. And Logan was like a ball of energy and chaos. <laughs> it was cocaine. <laughs> cocaine and chaos. So I remember uh, Dallas used to have this really, actually a really cool number. She used to come out in this, uh, she would do, um, it was a uh, um, Stranger in My House. No, she'd come oh, out, God. you know, you know that song on Lance Morissette? Um, uh, like anyone yeah. would be. Yeah. I am flattered by your fascination with me. Uninvited is the name of the song. Yeah. So she'd come out in this, and I mean, it was a, she'd come out as Little Red Riding Hood in a, massive cloak. I mean, it would like, I mean, I started stage. doing it. Yeah. She, I started doing the Ritz. It, it was like the entire dance floor was this huge red cloak. And then she would turn around and she would like whip her, whip her hair, whip this thing off. Then it would go into, um, how did you get here by Tamia? As, as, as a little, little, I thought it was actually a really, it was she a really got, clever number. And like, that's why we got into our fights on Fire Island is because she wanted the pool show to be this like scripted, choreographed number thing. And I was like, girl, we are two men in wigs, high and drunk at 3 p.m. at a pool. No one wants to see us do Liza Minnelli. And like, she started in time to see that like I was the crowd favorite and like the mm-hmm. crowd would listen to me. And we were inside and Dallas was doing one of those Fire Island schedules where she would go to Fire Island, go home, come back. I mean, every day she was traveling. And what I ended up finding out is she was doing drugs, like hard drugs during that. And she had a snap on stage one day because it was raining when we started the show and then it got beautiful. So I said, everyone go outside. 
And I didn't tell her. And I started running outside and the whole audience got up and followed me. And she came out and I and she was like, I'm going to take over this show. And I was like, okay. So I handed her the microphone and I laid down mm-hmm. in a pool chair like. And she was like, so is everyone ready? And no one responded. And she walked by me and I went, it's not so easy, is it? And she was like, I've had it. And she threw a tray of drinks and she was like, I quit. Working with you has been the worst experience of my entire life. And then she was like, but I'm not going out like this. And I was like, oh, this is going to get even worse. And she did home from the whiz and like had this stroke. She was like, if anyone's with me, follow me. And she finally walked up the stairs of the pool to leave and two people followed her. I could name their names, Gaston and Lloyd. (laughs) And the number... Oh my God, drag queens are so crazy. And the number ended and I was just standing there with the microphone. I was like, well, are we ready to have some fun? And everyone was like... "Ah!" Drag queens are so... (laughs) I'm very glad that I was not in the using group because y'all were... Wild. Y'all were wild. And you all like, should Google these queens we're talking about too, by the way. Girl, and I love the fact that is that I've literally wanted to have Bob on since I had my first version of this podcast. And then I was like, I'm going to get him on. We're going to talk about all these things. Girl, we have talked shit about the past 10 years. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to get a lot of phone calls. I mean, you're probably get more than I do. I, I, I don't, don't really care. talk to, to many really of the don't. girls anymore, to be I honest. I don't care. I remember when Dallas um, had quit drag recently enough that it was a big deal when she came back to do a number. And I think it was at industry. And, like, she had quit drag for, like, a year. I mean, at this point, I think Dallas has quit drag for, like, a a legit, like, it was, like, it's been probably seven or eight years at this point. Um, But I remember being, like, it it was just recent enough that, like, when she came back, everyone was like, oh, my God, is that Dallas Dubois? That is so crazy. And I remember she, she went out in like in like a blaze of glory. She had a, um, a, a, a a funeral at industry that I performed at because she was she used to be the host of the, of the show Queen. And she had a funeral for her for herself there. A lot a lot of queens when they quit drag, they really like to they really like to cause a scene about it. And I think she moved to San Francisco at the time to work for a theater company. But then she came back and now she's I don't I, well, I have she no went clue to where. San Francisco to work for a theater company and bottomed out and called bleep for a big chunk of money because they had just won a certain national TV show. Uh, (laughs) And let me tell you that San Francisco wasn't too kind to her, but she moved back. She got her life together. She works for film and TV now. So, you know, it's good to see these people doing great now. Um, Being sober and having to look back at all of this, Mm -hmm. I'm like, these people and the way I treated people and got away with it is really wild. Is 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 Danny Logan on your uh, amends amends list? It probably should be. <laughs> I re- like when I did my amends. I literally was like, "Let me deal with like my dad, my husband." I wasn't. I wasn't like, "Let me get into." Because if I did a fucking list of everyone, I just need to make a public YouTube video and apologize to everyone. <laughs> because it was really something else. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Danny Logan, who is Dallas Dubois, by the way. Danny Logan, Paige Turner, Vlada, TK the DJ, um, uh, what's his name? Pixie, Eric from um, Vlada. I'm Eric well, from I work Pieces. for Playhouse now, so how bad could things be? <laughs> well, as long as you're not eating ice cream. Girl, anymore. they're like, no food in the dressing room, piggy. 
So what? So we so we had a um we had a an event um called the Slammy Awards. I remember Ooh. thinking to myself because I never I had I had I won Glammys now, but in the beginning I hadn't won any, and I remember thinking to myself like. I've always been a comedian and thought thought I was very funny. So I thought to myself, wouldn't it be fun if there was a night where we celebrate the worst in New York City nightlife oh, drag? It was so good when this started. So the the, the Slammy Award, and I, I ended up passing it down to like Ariel Italic and two queens that call themselves the Nobodies, and they used to do it at Nowhere Bar. And I just think that they didn't have the, I don't know, the the social clout to have a lot of people come down. But we would do this really great show where. I would I would personally like send out all these advice to anyone who worked in nightlife, and then you would vote for who you think had like the best fight of the year. Hole in the um, wall fight. Hole, of the yeah, year. best hole in the wall. The most biggest wa- bitch. The, yeah, the the uh, cunt of the year. The that most watered down. That, dr- that was it. The, did you win that? that one yes, you, you had to give me the shoe. I came to your show at the old <laughs> Boots and Saddle. That's oh, yeah, on the, smaller than this room on Christmas and Street. I walked in because I would go see you before I did my show at Stonewall. So you were mm-hmm. in the middle of the afternoon. And I would show up so I could drink and do drugs. <laughs> and you were like, I have this gold shoe for you. <laughs> and I- so we, the, the way this show worked out was like, you know, everyone would just vote for this stuff. And, and it was re- it really was a night of like fun and most people yes. were laughing. Some people did get mad. One time Marty Gold Cummins came in. They were like, <laughs> really? I mean, like Marty had won, uh, I think, Biggest Meltdown or something like Meltdown of the Year. Or Worst Queen. Because there was like a Worst Queen, Worst Singer or like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it was like it was called Maybe You Should Lip Sync. Yes. There was there was the Two Left Feet Award, like That's the worst what dancer. I should have won instead of best dance artist. <laughs> so, Marty came in and um so also there became a tradition where at the Slam Awards you would dress up like another queen from nightlife. Oh my so god. So a lot of queens were dressing up like each other and then three queens all showed up dressed like Marty Gold Cummings. Chelsea Pierce came as Marty Gold Cummings. Oh. Judy Darling. Well, I think, it wasn't like, hard to look like yeah. her. <laughs> well, this was back when she was wearing no wig. Yeah, and, I mean, I literally could go as her right now if I just put yeah. eyeliner on. Back in the day, Marty used to wear no wig, and she wouldn't cover her brows. And she, she would just like fall a, asleep on stage. Yeah. So all these queens showed up as Marty, and Marty showed up, and what we were all like having fun. And I was like, oh, Marty, you just won Best Meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was the, the it was Marty Go Cummings or best fight it was like Marty versus the internet because Marty used to get and then Marty um she had a meltdown <laughs> oh like God. Marty threw she threw the shoe <laughs> what have we learned nothing about throwing shoes <laughs> nothing she, and I used to make these awards by I used to go to the thrift store why was I doing all this I used to go to the thrift store I would buy pumps. Like a, as many as I could, and I would go to the dollar store and buy dolls. You put the doll in the shoe. Yeah. You spray paint the shoe gold. I would like I would make outfits for these dolls. Yep. Oh, what? Because I, honestly, I, my shoe was Bianca had all of hers, and we had a room um, in Hell's Kitchen where we we had like a railroad apartment. So one of our rooms was like where we kept all the makeup and the stones and that. We had two mirrors mm-hmm. where we'd get ready next to each other, and she had all of her glam awards like thrown up. <laughs> On this shelf, like with no care, and I had this little gold shoe that I would dust when we would clean the house. It was my pride and joy being cunt of the year. I was like, "This is what I have worked so hard for." And we had a uh, instead of lifetime achievement, we had maybe you should retire. Um, Sherry Vine won that one year. I think Bianca won it one year. Um, yeah, that was honestly see that's when New York was fun. Show. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> 
Well, I, I can't vouch for whether or not New York City's fun because I don't live in New York City anymore and I have not done, I haven't done like New York drag in no. a really long time. No, like, I, I used to be a really big part of the New York City scene and now I, you know, after going on Drag Race, you kind of just become like, yeah. even when, I mean, I lived in, I lived in New York City for like, I think five years after doing Drag Race, but I you just wasn't gonna, part of the scene. You weren't going to go and do fucking Barracuda every week for $200. Sadly, you guys, this is where this conversation ends on the main podcast. Um, there was a connection issue with the rest of the interview with Bob. It was only about 10 minutes. Um, we kind of just talked about a little bit more of New York City nightlife, but there is a full Patreon with exclusive content that I did not want to put in here because it's a little too scandalous. So head over to my Patreon. The link will be in the description of this week's episode, as well all of the links to Bob's social media and the Sibling Rivalry podcast. Thanks for listening again. My name is Logan Hardcore, Logan Slaughter, and this is the Hardcore Sobriety.